Hey, have you ever thought about helping out the Frog Pants Network, bringing you great shows like this one, Hotline Monday and Core and Film Sack and everything else? Well, there's a way to support. And if you'd like to, head on over to patreon.com slash frogpants. Give just a little bit. Think of all the content you get for hardly nothing. That's patreon.com slash frogpants. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday on Wednesday. Uh, today yeah. it's on a Wednesday. What do you think about that, Justin? Robert Young, who's with me. I'm Scott Johnson. Hi. What's going on? What's up? It's uh, Hump Day Hotline. Mm. Is it? That's, yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so I got E3 to blame for this week. We were supposed to have a Monday. It didn't work out. Too much E3 stuff going on. And uh, we're now on the other side of that nightmare. And now we can talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. And we do it with you, the callers. That's the whole point of the show. Your calls matter most. When you call into the show and you talk to us about our topic, it makes this show so much better than it would be without you. So please oh, participate. Yeah. 801. I mean, literally, there is no show. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not a show if you if y'all don't call in. So, like, uh, this is not us asking. We're telling you. You need to call in. That's absolutely right, and in the, it's easy. It's just a phone number away, 801-895-4724, 801-895-4724. Justin, I saw Warcraft. You didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, the seeds of this show, for those of you who are just coming in, is that Scott and I used to do a show called The Spoiler Show, where we'd both go see a movie, and then we'd talk about it. Yeah. Now, that was a very uh, sporadic podcast because, A, we had to find a movie that both Scott and I saw reasonably close to when it came out. And B, we then had to schedule a time for it. This is, since this is a weekly podcast, this, ha- this podcast happens every week, whether or not we have done our homework, means that for the first time we're going to do a spoilery conversation wherein only one of us has seen the movie. That's right. Uh, and that is that is Warcraft. You had a huge event out there in Salt Lake City. Uh, to uh, host so many people. Uh, obviously, you have a, a, a tremendous reputation for Blizzard and Warcraft with, with the instance, stuff like that, for going for so many years. This is a huge cinematic event. Mm. Uh, there will be uh, spoil. I mean, I think, uh, Scott, you're going to dance around a little bit here and again, but but this will get into a little spoiler uh, territory. So if this is something that you're you're uh, anxious about, then watch the movie first and then watch it. Otherwise, we should be all right. Yeah. It's Warcraft. What is your thought it, on Warcraft? Well, it's Warcraft 1 for people just as an additional part of that warning. It's something you either already know and care about or you don't care about it. It's 20 years old, this, this lore that they're building this movie on. There's a few tweaks here and there, but for the most part, you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I Okay. So there's a great uh, dialogue, I think, these days. Uh, in and around uh, the movie business and fans of films of all ilks yeah. are constantly trying to decide whether or not when they go to a website like uh, Metacritic or RottenTomatoes.com if the aggregate score is truly representative of what perhaps this person, you know, that you might personally feel about a movie you're about sure. to go see. Yeah. And I feel like in America we take way more stock in that than other places. Uh, I say that without any knowledge of whether they do or don't, if they have their own sites yeah. called, you know, Rotten. And, and surely you're not talking about China, where <laughs> Warcraft is more popular than Star Wars. Yeah. Literally, by the numbers, uh, go ahead and check out those international box office receipts. Uh, cup floweth over for for uh, for Blizzard and, and Lionsgate, who, who created this. Yeah. Uh, here at home, uh, it, it did actually did slightly above tracking, mm-hmm. but that tracking had been kind of 
you know, uh, been fairly modest. Comes in second after The Conjuring 2, uh, yet ahead of the other sequel debuting, and Now You See Me 2, which, of course, had a tremendous mistake in not being called Now You Don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why they're not getting the viewers. That's there. why, listen, yeah. that, that one name decision, that, that kept you out in second place, Now You See Me 2. Yeah. Uh, but you say, all right, so, so you preface this. By the way, never... <laughs> the the prefacing for I love the movie without reservation when you go into whether or not critics are right. All right, here's what I'm going to say. I think if I wasn't, I think this is really important distinction, and I mean it. I mean it in the best possible way. So if I have to explain it more, I will. But this movie is way better if you're familiar with the world, the characters, and the overall jive that is. Hey, Warcraft, everybody. That's a game I play. I play World of Warcraft now. I played the strategy games then. I love these characters. I love the story, and I love this world. If you're coming into it like that, like I am, and I'm not saying you have to psych yourself up, you either are into that stuff or you're not. Uh, if you're into it, you are going to like this movie, and you're not, for the most part, there's going to be some outliers, but most people are going to like this movie. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's um, required, for example. Like, my wife doesn't play Warcraft at all and loved it. Uh, Ibbett's wife doesn't play it at all and really liked it. She said to me at one point, are those, are those big green guys real? She was so impressed with the CGI of the orc. She actually thought they were people. Yeah. Uh, which kind of cracked me up. But point is, uh, with all my biases and all of my love for the game and, and for Blizzard and all this stuff, I knew that me going in was not going to be the most blank slate, you know, the most subjective viewer possible. Of course not. And I'm here to tell you, I think that that's good for this movie. It is, I really enjoyed it. I'm not just saying that. I'm not saying that to make up for its weaknesses. It certainly has some. Am I saying this is Mad Max? No, this isn't Fury Road, folks. It's not even close. Nothing is, if we want to be honest about it. But it's good, and it's fun, and it's true to the, the core of the stuff, which brought up the question to me, and it's kind of a question I've had to ask myself. Is it better when they cater to me, the gamer, with their video game based movie, or is it better when they try to mainstream it and end up with like Mario brothers or Prince of Persia or doom or various other video game incarnations, mortal Kombat, whatever. And I think, I think it's a hard question. If you want to make maximum money, you probably should mainstream it the best you can. If you want well, to make your fans the happiest, I think you probably go the other way. And I think that's what they did. They made a game for players. So what do you think about that? Well, all right, but what the the question that you're asking is larger than video games. It is about adaptations in general, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to make an adaptation of a book just for people that read the book? Do you want to make an adaptation uh, of a theme park ride just for people who have rode the theme park ride? <laughs> uh, in general, you would say that Lord of the Rings, the 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 original Peter Jackson, the Peter Jackson trilogy yeah. is great because it broadened the audience from just people who read the book, mm -hmm. right? If it only catered to people who had read the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it would not have been as successful. And some might say would simply not have been as good. The right. Marvel movies for which we extol, uh, you know, and, and, and sing the hosannas of almost weekly on this show <laughs> certainly are playing to people who have, Never heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant-Man or or uh, half the characters that they make big, gigantic hero moments out of. They are introducing people to those characters. Right. 
So I think by their very nature, the adaptation has to be for people more than their core audience. What I think that often ignores, though, is that also the best parts of all those adaptations that I said took and understood key elements of why people loved those, uh, why people love those franchises and expanded on it. Mm. And more specifically, if you look at the difference between, let's say, Captain America, right, versus Pirates of the Caribbean, mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean realized, okay, we literally have nothing else other than pirates exist. <laughs> so pirates exist and they're in a big adventure that we're going to play on every trope of a pirate, right? Yep. So there's going to be a big battle that somebody's going to, you know, get turned on. Someone's going to get marooned. We're going to walk the plank. Literally whatever you can think of in a pirate movie, we're going to have in here because the point of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is, isn't it cool to be a pirate? Let's go through a pirate's adventure. Yeah. And the uh, bad guys are always the English. It's it exactly yeah. Yeah. all that. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are drinking rum. Uh, uh, yo ho ho. Right. <laughs> now, what I think with Warcraft, and again, having not seen the movie, where I think what was missing critically was that it. All right, let me ask you this. And All again, right. I haven't seen the movie. All right. Did it, because this is what I was worried about. Did all as authentic as it was to its lore, yeah. did it ultimately take the lore too seriously? Oh, that's a good question. Well, in the way that Warcraft already does. So, so as you know, playing Hearthstone, and as a lot of people know, including I think you know that the Warcraft world itself is full of humorous moments and goofy stuff, and there's yeah. gnomes and goblins, and some of them build motorcycles, and it's just there's there's plenty of time for goofing around. Yeah. Um. That being said, the trailers for those games, the the opening cinematics for expansions, they tend to go a much more serious route. Sure. And they express it all in very epic, serious moments of axe wielding and and pontificating and big sweeping music and effects and everything. And so so while they aim for for kind of goofy fun often in the game, the actual presentation up front is a little bit more self-serious. This seemed a lot more like the self-serious side. Uh, it was difficult to say whether that's intentional or was pushed by the studio or not. Um, I don't know. Given that Duncan Jones has a propensity for being a little bit goofy, it yeah. was less goofy than I expected. There was definitely moments of humor. There were a few. Interestingly enough, it was all on the human side. The orc side was very self-serious. Yeah. Um, and Which is odd because they look like Shrek meets The Rock. Kinda, yeah. I mean, they're... It's the it's a Blizzard design for an orc. Definitely the orcs the way Blizzard envisions them, sure. and they were yeah. badass. They were really really cool. Like none of them were like they come on screen and you'd laugh at them. It was never like that. No like, no 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 no. But I mean, at the same time, you if they're real, then they can make a joke. Yeah yeah exactly right? exactly. If, if, if they're real, then somebody can fart and they can laugh. Yes, right? and there was some of that. A couple of moments, not farting, but there was a couple of moments where you got kind of a good laugh out of it. Instead, though, the clowny stuff happened on the human side, which. Sort of worked, sort of didn't. Um, but but on the whole, they want you to take this story very seriously. Now, part of why that works in the video game is because you're filling in all the holes. I mentioned this on a couple of other shows. You're getting very iconic characters, very iconic storylines, things that are maybe even a little bit tropey, but they're presenting it in a way that's like, whoa, Thrall is a badass, or Lothar is a stud, or whatever. 
you're getting the idea right away of their honor or dishonor or the magic or the whatever. And then what you're asked to do is play a role in that game where either you're controlling armies in the early games or in World of Warcraft, you're running around in that world doing quests, being a yeah. part of the, the fabric of society in the world of, of Azeroth. And by doing so, you're filling in this world with all kinds of world building of your own. You're sure. thinking about it in ways that are way beyond just character A fights character B. And in some ways, you're the hero of the game. And so you're seeing it through those eyes. So the movie lands on that really well, I think. Like, it's, I've, I felt very receptive to what probably is seen by, well, certainly some critics have seen it this way, but but many critics saw it as, well, this is just a standard paint-by-the-numbers fantasy story. Like, yeah, big green guys, cool guys in armor that are going to fight them. Let's go have a sword a fight. A big serious meeting where somebody says... We need to do it one way. And then somebody stands up and a, a goblet shakes and they're like, no, another way. And if you don't, we'll all die. <laughs> yeah, no. See, you know the tropes, too. And the, and, oh, yeah. and, in, and if that is what it gets boiled down to, it's absolutely truly what it is. Like, I'm not going to defend it in that way because that's what it is. And I think the filmmakers were aware of that. Um, could they have gone? It, it, also, it also bears mentioning yeah. that, again, this movie was green lit. When the first Hobbit movie came out, yep, and was very successful, yep, which it seemed as if that okay, people just want to see fantasy violence and they want to see big fantasy epic, and here's a property, and I guess so, you know, from from this, you can say because I think there's some people in the chat room, and I'm sure we're gonna probably get at least a call on this subject that Hollywood screwed it up. Here's a franchise that Hollywood got wrong. Add it to the list of the million and a half video game franchises specifically if we want to stick in that subgenre. Or we can go larger and mm -hmm. say, uh, no, this is about uh, all adaptations that have been botched. And look at what the big fat cats in Los Angeles got wrong yet again. <laughs> However, you know, Blizzard could have gotten a Warcraft movie made 15 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, they probably couldn't got gotten all one made, and they didn't. Right? Yeah. Probably could have gotten one made five years ago. You know, 10 years ago, eight years ago. Very, very long time. They waited until now to make that deal and get a good director because Blizzard cares about quality, and they care about uh, their, their thing. They, they care about where their IP can go. Right? Right. So this is, I mean, this is not just, eh, whatever, Warner Brothers option this property because some executive's nephew was really into it and, uh, you know, they put some hack director on it and it's it's just, uh, you know, it's just going to suck, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like the Max Payne or the Tetris movie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This is theoretically exactly what you wanted. Yeah. You know? Good director, uh, you know, so if, if anything, this is, uh, you know, almost more of a, uh, I think for people who are disappointed, this is more of a disappointment because uh, of of where uh, you know, the hope, the hope of it, the hope that like in the same way, you know, there's a lot of parallels between Duncan Jones and Ryan Johnson, mm -hmm. two guys that made tremendous independent films yep. uh, or smaller budget films. Right around the same time, too. Around the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Ryan Johnson gets Star Wars and 
uh, uh, Jones got Warcraft. Mm -hmm. And I think there was certainly a hope that, you know, Warcraft would just be congratulations. Now we get a new Warcraft. He gets to do the Warcraft trilogy that Christopher Nolan got to do with, with, with Batman. But, you know, let's, let's enough of my yammering, Scott. Let's see what the people think. Oh, Caller? The people. Yeah. Hi. Who's this? Um, hey, this is Amos from uh, Michigan. Well, hey, Amos from Michigan. Amos, what's how, up, homie? How are you? I'm I'm doing quite well on this this fine evening, actually. Good. Uh, what's on your mind? What do you think about this whole Warcraft thing? Um, I I I saw it like first showing. Um, I went with uh, four of my friends. It was pretty sweet. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was actually wondering what you thought about. Them not using the blood of the manor off at all, and oh, yeah, 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 like going going with the spell instead. I was just kind of curious to what. Okay, so um, how you felt about that, that is that's probably the number. I appreciate you bringing that up. That's probably the number one point of the film that got changed major plot wise, and that was this idea that um, the ability to uh, get through the portal and do what they had to do. They had to drink the blood of Manoroth, a giant demon, four-legged demon beast thing. That I And I am no lore expert, people, so don't send me a bunch of emails about how dumbass I sound right now. I yeah. know enough to get in trouble. I'm already <laughs> typing mine up. <laughs> so, it's very clear that Scott does not... <laughs> you would expect that a public radio international pundit like Scott... Sorry. Yeah, but what I think didn't work was them drinking the blood of Manoroth to make this pact with the demons to then get the portal and then go through is still something they can explore with Burning Legion stuff later. So they can still mess around with that. The idea of Gul'dan sucking the life out of innocence on the planet of Az or on the planet of um, uh, uh, Draenor and then using that to open this thing works as a big cinematic thing and is kind of a mainstream idea people can get their heads around. So I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, in fact, none of the big none of the big or small story changes they made to make it sort of fit uh, a modern movie context were a problem for me. Where they stuck very close to the bone was characterization. Like this is Duratan. This is, uh, you know, freaking what's his name, uh, Medivh. This is uh, Lothar. Like these are the people you know from those games and from the books that have come out since the game, and they're all pretty well represented here. Um, well yeah, go ahead. And let's and let's look at the history of, of changes like that. Uh, for example, uh, Watchmen, the Watchmen remake, they changed uh, in what was otherwise an almost too faithful recreation of that uh, series. They changed one big iconic element, and that is that uh, our villain uh, uh, decides to uh, terrorize New York City by uh, teleporting a gigantic squid creature into the middle of Manhattan. Yep. Uh, that is changed in the in the story to it being a gigantic explosion that looks as if another character, Dr. Manhattan, was the one who caused the carnage. Right. That's done because in the series, you got a whole, you have a much more leisurely canvas to write, okay, well, now we have these cutscenes and we don't exactly know all these scientists are on this island and yet we slowly put together that they're creating this thing and and so now even if it's a crazy concept that comes out of left field we at least have a little freeway to bring us up to the idea that then we can make the leap mentally toward yeah. 
You can't do that in a movie that's only supposed to take two hours, yep. especially if you're Zack Snyder and you're already dead set on wasting 15 of it by playing <laughs> Leonard Cohen songs. <laughs> uh, we won't talk about what scene that was, but yeah. You know, so like... You know Those, what? They could do it today, though. I think they could get away with that creature today if they do it. If they redid well, no, it now. I mean, I think if, it, if it's an HBO thing, yes. Mm -hmm. If it if it's an, I mean, like, listen, there is a reason why the 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 preacher series, which I am very much enjoying, mm. can go into more than what's in the comics. Yep. Right. Yep. You can have other little elements. You can explore other little things, and as long as you're doing it correctly, as long as you're doing it right, we we don't care because again, the canvas is larger. Yeah. And what what I think sometimes with adaptations, people get hung up on is, yeah, that idea was good, but it was good there. Mm -hmm. It was good in, and a video game is an infinite canvas, right? Mm -hmm. You are only telling a story that is that is bound by how long you can employ your artists and your writers to, to write for, right? It yep. can be large, it can be small. Yep. Whatever it needs to be, it can be. Yep. A movie has got to hit somewhere between, you know, an hour and a half and three and a half hours if you want, people to actually watch it well like, and, and on that point here in a second i'll tell you about some of the lost footage that may make it to a blu-ray release but first we'll take this call from who's this hey it's jake from kentucky hey man always good to hear from jake in kentucky what's your take on all this stuff what's up jake how's it going jerry i i don't know i just it's hard to understand why they don't do a better job or it's not perceived better uh, with video games in general with going to movies um, and it's kind of sad when looking at like the list of the movies that have been made off video games that the Angry Birds movie is right now one of the top you know grossing of that entire list. It's second only to Prince of Persia, but um, none of the movies on the list besides like Mortal Kombat because I was just young at the time and loved it um, really hold dear to my heart. But mm -hmm. I mean, what are your all's opinions on that in terms of just? why it's so difficult in the first place. Well, here's what I'm thinking. So video games owe their legacy as narrative, as a narrative medium to what? Movies. Like there's a chicken and egg yeah. thing here. So you got movies first, then you got video games. And video games have tried very hard, especially lately, because we have the technology to do it, to mimic the action, the framing, the pace, the whatever of films. Um, so what? They, so in a weird way, we're kind of inception, this whole thing where we're going back well, the other all way. Right, here, you want, you're, uh, let, 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 me, let me get hot take. Uh, get ready, everybody. All right, Put hot down take. your blast visors, because here is my 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 Skip Bayless uh, hot take. Okay, I'm gonna get a clip for this. Hold on. Here's, get a, get here's, a, clip ready. here's a clip with the ready the word "take" in it. All right, take your pants off. Oh, he said, "Take your pants off." All right, there you go. Okay, well, get ready because you're right. about to get excited all right. or angry. Uh, video games don't have good stories. <laughs> Popular video games don't have good stories, and it's not to say that they should. It's not to say that they should. They don't need them. They don't need great stories. They need to be interactive. They need to be as great of a story as a choose-your-own-adventure needs to be a great story. Yeah. Right? It's always going like, to take a backseat to what you're doing. Right? Yeah. I mean, Now, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that there are very, very good video games with good, original, fun stories. Uh, and and I'm sure people that are there are going to name some. And I am hampered by the fact that I don't play a whole lot of video games. Right. But <laughs> full disclosure, geez, that's good. Full disclosure. Yeah. But I think that there is something to it. And and if if there's one thing that we haven't cracked, is that. And by the way, 
All right, I'm going to go back to Skip Bayless hot take guy because everybody in the chat room is like, but The Last of Us, The Last of Us, The Last of Us is a great, it's a great thing. Yeah, uh, I liked it better when it was called The Road. Like, <laughs> also, oh, no, wait. Oh, Uncharted, Uncharted, Uncharted. I liked it better when it was Indiana Jones. Oh, Grand Theft Auto. I liked it better when it was Scarface and it, when it was uh, uh, Goodfellas and when it was every mob movie. Yeah. All yeah, right. See, this is see, this is hot take jury. Think that, about. I want people to think about this real hard because I not only agree with you, but I want to point out why it works so well in a video game context and why they stand out to us and it makes us want to say, "Oh, but what about?" Okay, and the reason is this: they're extremely well made games with really great storytelling techniques about themes and characters and stuff you're familiar with in a way that you're now playing in kind of a fantasy version of something you already liked. So, for yeah. example. World of Warcraft works in this way for me because they're not creating a complex, multi-layered story to tell over eight seasons of a TV show or five movie sequels. Yeah. They're telling iconic moments and iconic beats about iconic characters and archetypes. Characters that you can figure out just by looking at them. I yeah. know that Darth Vader's evil. How do I know? He's all in black. He's got a shiny helmet and he breathes funny. That's all yeah. I needed to know to know that that guy's no good. And Luke, fresh face kid on Tatooine, hair blowing in the wind, looking at two moons, wishing he could go to Tashi Station. Obviously, our young, innocent, upstart hero. Like, exactly. Their Blizzard is they're masters of this. All you have to do is go look at the roster of 21 characters that are currently in Overwatch, which launched two, two three weeks ago. Exactly. Every one of those characters, you glance at them and go, I got it. 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 You have a whole backstory in your head already, and then they just build on that. And it makes it even better when they give you more. But the bottom line is they're such masters of that. If you strip away the important part that is the video game, you're left with iconography and uh, stereotypes. But then the opposite side of that is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which literally only has iconography. Yeah. However... They did a very, very good job of building their own world. And here's where I think video game movies have always uh, kind of not been able to, to get over Snake River Canyon. All right. <laughs> and I will say this about Warcraft. I think the way that we would think about Warcraft would be different if it did come out 10 years ago. Mm. If it did come out before Avatar. If it did come out right after Lord of the Rings. Mm. I think that we would look at it differently because I think the biggest knock that I saw from the critical reaction to it was, oh God, again? Again with the big threat and we have to unite before the 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 evils of the world overtake us? Like, jeez, yeah. man. Like, we've just done it a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. Now, that being said, where I think the, the the problem is, is that creators of video game movies do not want to displease fans. They want the, the fans to guide them, especially in a post-Marvel world where everybody says, oh, my God, the fans lead the way. They scream, they yell, they jump up and down. They say it's the best movie ever. And that gets the world to take notice because they are a, a large enough subsection of the movie-going culture. Sure. But... Marvel doesn't care that they are changing things that have happened. Now, Marvel has a bit of a different situation since they've rewritten over their history a jillion and a half times because that's just how comics work. Yeah. But I feel like for video games, 
if you're trying to hit the narrative structure of what you've done in a fairly, again, a, a, a simple structure of, of a game that has to be built that way for interactivity, then you are not unleashing the characters, which is really what people love. Yeah. They really love the personalities. They love investing themselves in them. They love saying, I, I'm like this guy. He makes decisions like me. I hate this guy. He reminds me of my stepbrother. Mm -hmm. Like, if you let the characters run in a good story, I believe fans will forgive the fact that it was the fell thing and not the blood thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. No, I mean, listen, we're both fans of Game of Thrones. We're going to have a little spoiler segment a little bit later here. Sure. We know uh, how where they've diverged and where they've sticked close to the books. And, um, you know, there's an example of, wow, you guys are doing right by this stuff, so these changes aren't killing me, you know? Like, there might be one or two nitpicks, but for the most part, I'm like, no, I would have done that too. That character that's in the book, he talked a lot, but I don't need him in here. He's the bombadil yeah. of this book, so take him out. Like, it's fine with me that they do those things. This is a movie where... If it has a if it has a major fault, it's that it tried very hard to stay within the lines of the Warcraft lore, and by doing so, probably served to alienate people who only see it as iconography and not as in depth characters that you've loved and, and grown up with. Like I looked at the minute I saw Duratan, I went, "Oh, father of Thrall, important guy. Where's yeah. that wolf on his head?" and is the one true chieftain of the horde that really truly had the best interests of his people, and I'm, I'm, and it's all coming from what a bunch of game time. It's got they're not sure. telling me any of this on the screen. So Joe Schmo watching who has no idea is going, well, that's just a big green, you know, orange or uh, brown dude with a funny hat and big tusks for teeth. Like he yeah. doesn't know. So all that filling in the blank that we do is clearly contributing to this thing being hot with the fans, not with everybody else, or with a good portion of everybody else. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Oh, yes, my name is Emily. Well, hello, Emily. It's nice to have you here. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm well. How are you? I'm she's fantastic. Jury's doing well as well, aren't you, Jury? Yeah. Hi, Emily. <laughs> I, I didn't ask how he was doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want to know. Oh, All right. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, what's your take, Emily? Did you see the movie? Yes, I did. Actually, uh, here's the thing. Um, I never played Warcraft, and the only thing I was ever familiar with is WoW, just because I had friends who played it. So I went in not knowing like anything except for like kind of what I had been exposed to very briefly, having never played any of the games. Um, and actually, Scott, something you said earlier I thought was really interesting. Uh, you thought like, oh, the, the humans had all the personality and interesting bits. I was more like, oh man, I wish the humans were as interesting as the orcs because I really like Duratan. He's super awesome, but the humans all look the same. And no, no, no. I'm, just... I'm with you. Like I'm totally on that <laughs> oh, side of it. Okay. The orcs were, I thought the orcs were way more characterized way more interesting to watch the humans real what i was saying earlier is the humans got all the humor stuff like if there were any jokes to be told it was like you know cadgar and lothar having a moment um but back in the back in the orcs orc village and anything to do with the orcs despite the fact that they were so self-serious they were way more realized despite the fact that they're covered in cgi and you know there's lots of reasons why that shouldn't be working but the orcs really worked for me and like duratan's relationship with his wife uh, how they felt about that baby. Gul'dan is my favorite villain in a long time. Um, like, there's a lot to like about the orc side. I think the humans got short shrift a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and and sadly, as just it was, uh, you said it was maybe more for the fans, and I liked it despite having not known anything about it. But like, Dirtan was the only um, uh, character whose name I knew at the end of the movie. I kept calling that uh, half orc chick like Gamora. Um, <laughs> and what's her name? I'm, I'm Gamora, yeah. Terrible with names in general. Well, it's um, it's funny that you say all that because my like like what we're talking about, Justin, with the whole these characters are iconic. It's enough for her as a player of wow, to look back at something about lore that's set like 50 years ahead of where she is now. Yeah. And see that and go, ah, but but it's because they're also, they have the same heft. They have the same, they're made of the same material. They, they, they breathe the same air. They're going to be, you know, the difference between Lothar and King Varian Wren is very small. Uh, the differences between uh, Duratan and his son Thrall in the, at the end of the day are very surface. They're kind of the same honorable, well-intentioned orc leaders. Like there's just, some of this stuff is recycled. Some of the stuff just gets told again. There's plenty of cool stuff coming up, but a lot of it is derivative. Like I get excited about the Arthas story and him turning into the Lich King, but we're just talking about the old tale of Somebody who intends to do good and ends up doing the worst thing possible and ends up and being yeah, the power, villain. Power corrupts. Yeah, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And and now sure. the biggest, you know, e- the biggest good becomes the biggest evil. And yeah, you know, so it works for people who already kind of like that. Like I like a good, I don't simple. I don't mean simple in a, in a bad way. I just, I like it's just to be, tell me the story and don't, you don't have to go crazy with trying to overcomplicate things. Sometimes that's nice. Video games give us that. Well, I mean, again, look, there's a reason why all the Marvel movies are the same stupid movie, right? <laughs> you know, a, 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 a opening scene. Uh, there's some crazy stuff in this mysterious thing. Uh, good guys. Ah, I got the mysterious thing. Bad guy. We need to get that mysterious thing back. End of the second act. We got the mysterious <laughs> thing back. Good guys. We got to get them or else the world's over. We won. Like, it's the same story over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we don't care. You want to know why? Because it's rad to see Captain America. It's rad to see Iron Man. It's rad to see uh, the, the Avengers. It, it, it's, it's just, it's the characters we care about. It's the way that we get down the road that matters and not the road itself. Okay. And I think that's You're- where I think, for me, who has a very pedestrian uh, concept of of the Warcraft lore, I was disappointed the closer we got and the more we found out that this was it, that, that you you hit it dead on. This is the cinematic. Mm. This isn't the 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 fun that you get along the road, uh, because I think that's what Blizzard does so well. Yeah. Is just like that. That rad, they are the raddest of all rad DMs. Yeah. You know, like that, that they're just going to put that little bit of nerd salt on top of everything that's just going to make you lighten up the, the grindy moments. And they're going to uh, make you laugh at, at uh, you know, the moments that you're not expecting. And they're going to give you just a little left to center or just a wink of like, yeah, get it. This guy's based off this other character, right? And we're going to name him the same thing, but one letter off with like a pun in his name. <laughs> well, one nice thing about the movie, uh, or, or here's, a, here's, a, here's a way to describe the contrast between perceptions of what, when you're playing to your base and when you're not. There's a scene where Cadgar uh, performs a polymorph spell, a famous spell in the game. A mage in the game, if you roll a mage and play a mage in the game, you can turn somebody into a sheep. 
Okay. Yes. You can do this in Hearthstone as well. There's cards. It's a four cost mage specific <laughs> card. See, for you, it's that. For me, it's I've this. Got, yes, I've got it in my tempo mage deck. I literally was late for the show because I was playing a game. So there is a scene in the movie where Cadgar, a very important mage, by the way, especially later in the story, in the World of Warcraft story, uh, but a little young and a little green right now, he turns a guard into a sheep and just kind of like zaps it. It goes, and hits the ground. Our theater lost their minds. <laughs> Clapping and screaming and yelling yeah. and laughing. Why? Because they got it as a reference yes. to something they saw all the time. And it is part of their fabric of life. And they get it. It's a total hoot. It's referential. And they get it. But if you show that to a room full of people who've never played WoW, it's not funny at all. It's just kind yeah. of dumb. It's just like, oh, I turned him into a sheep. This is kind of dumb, you'd say. Yeah. So there, that to me is the starkest way I can put why I think this is working for fans and not working for not fans, is they just know what's going on and they don't. And I don't mean they don't understand it. I mean, they don't have the personal connection to it. It's like if you said, listen, Jerry, if I walk into a mall and yell, F a dog, nobody's yeah. going to give me, they're going to usher me out and tell me, please never come to the mall again. If I do that in front of a bunch of diamond clubbers and tadpoolers, they're going to go, ha, remember that time? It's they like are that. Here, I got the perfect example. All right. On uh, the Night Attack 3 album, I believe, we have a remix of one of our tracks wherein we are talking about how you would become, uh, how you would, if you were a PR agency mm -hmm. and, and your goal was to make somebody the most hated person in America, what would you do? <laughs> And the joke is, in the track, which again has all the context that you have to set it up, that you would, you'd you'd want to brand yourself as, as loving one thing that's very hated. Right. And so the line in, it, in, in the track is, you'd be the guy who loves Hitler. Right. Right? And then there's a remix that the, the, the lovely uh, and talented Tropics put together for us, wherein there, it's a dance song. And and there the dance song is like you'd be the guy who loves Hitler, Hitler. <laughs> so at our South by Southwest event two years ago, uh -huh. he's playing tracks, right? Yeah. Plays that song. <laughs> We're at a rooftop bar. That's about 50-50. 50% people that we brought. Yeah. And then in the back that can still hear everything. Yeah. Uh of people who are just there at South by Southwest and want to drink on top of a rad rooftop bar. Uh I'm going to give you a wild guess <laughs> as to which side was very excited to hear the track uh, wherein somebody was yelling, you'd be the guy who loves Hitler, mm -hmm. uh, and which side was confused, if not very awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my point exactly. Like, that is exactly it. Peter Fisher on the line. Peter, it's always good to hear from you, buddy. What's going on? Oh, I'm thinking about how they could make the movie a little bit better. Okay. Remember in the game, mm -hmm. at the start of each mission, you've had like that table with the map explaining everything that you have to do in the mission. What if, going against the rule, no over vocal thing at the start of the movie to make a movie bad. What if they had something like that saying, well, this man from Stormwind is up in Ironforge. You mean like do it as a more of a um, like quest text kind of stuff? You mean? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. For people that don't know the game, it could explain it to them in a way that's sort of 
I could see that. I mean, my favorite. I mean, but ultimately, my, at that point, you're looking at the fact that either it's going to be a, a, a parody on some level right. of this genre, or it's not. Either you're playing with these conventions on purpose, or you're not. Yeah, you either fourth wall this shit, or you don't. And 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 a good well, case. And, and you can do it softly, mm -hmm. right? Oh, sure. And so ultimately, I think what you want to do is is like what what I feel is is the the mainstream failing of this movie the american mainstream failing of this movie because again uh, duncan jones duncan jones might very well be the uh the next president of china considering <laughs> he's the uh, senior spielbergo over there he's killing it exactly uh you <laughs> wanted that movie to be han solo and not obi-wan kenobi yeah. yeah you wanted it to be the most uh charismatic fun representation like you want uh, mainstream america is upstairs mm -hmm. the warcraft crowd is in the basement and when that door opens you want the super charismatic person to explain your dm campaign to your parents and your older brother yeah right yeah and and ultimately i think what you got was a very very faithful retelling of your dnd campaign that had your older brother and your parents both playing a words with friends games about, uh, you know, five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's a good way to, to illustrate that. It's, it's just, uh, it's an opportunity. The problem is I think they had a lot of pull. My impression is there's a lot of pull and push going on between legendary entertainment, blizzard yeah. entertainment, uh, distributorship, writers, director. I think there was probably a lot of weird back and forth. Um, I know that there were some strange decisions made by Legendary early on, for example, to not use Russell Brower or his music in the movie, which is a huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, the, the soundtrack sucked. It was not great. The score was terrible. And it's the guy who does Game of Thrones who I like in that. He does a fine job. But this yeah. just felt like creatively stilted and boring and afterthought. It's the worst thing about the movie, um, if I'm to pick something I didn't like. There's some casting stuff that's a little bit weird, but you always got the feeling that very passionate people are making this. Yeah. And they're being hamstringed on a couple of areas. That, and you can't quite see what those areas are, and you can't quite see those hamstrings and where they lead, but you know they're being hamstringed. And I don't know uh, if we'll ever find out, if we'll ever hear. I have a lot of little, I have a lot of little birds yeah. <laughs> at Blizzard who can sometimes tell me things. And I've heard a couple of things where I'm like, oh, man, that is a rotten deal. Like, in some ways, it would have benefited Blizzard. And by the way, this is not controversial. No. Uh, and, and, or, or at least if it's not controversial, it is, it is certainly not uh, something that happens all the time. Yeah. Like, movies are collaborative processes, and yep. it is very, very hard when you are Blizzard and you are used to having 100% creative control, yep. specifically over 100% creative control on, you know... The world, the Warcraft world. Mm -hmm. It's not like they like they made a series of nightlights that they wanted to make into a movie. <laughs> They're like, "Yo, dude, we know how to make stories. We know how to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of why we are here in this situation." And I can only imagine that the collaborative process, which means that the studio gets their say and the financiers get their say and yep. everybody gets their say, mm -hmm. uh, would be would prove to be very, 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 very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And you get because that sense sometimes, even in the movie. However, it feels like a triumph in a way because they got through the de dedication I think the fans really wanted. 
And that's why fans are reacting the way they are. That thing's got like some 90% approval from people who see it. And like what, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics? Like it's, yeah, it's, and you can you can kind of uh, I think timing wise, this movie should have come out even if it came out last year. It, I think it would have been better received because you know in the intermediary time, we just had more time to stew on the fact that the Hobbit uh, trilogy kind of sucked. Yeah, fizzled out. Uh, that um, by the way, I like this a lot. I mean. Quantifi- quantifiably higher level of liking this than the last two Hobbit movies combined. I think the first sure. one's okay. Those last two, kind of hideous. Last one's real bad. This is a better movie than Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. But, you know, we're also, it's like you just, we, we've had it beaten into us that fantasy action is a, you know, a, a wrung out genre. Yeah. Like for, yeah, because like we haven't even gotten excited haven't even gotten a half chubby over like <laughs> Seventh Son or uh, the the Witch Hunter or anything like that. Like yeah. these have come out; they've had actors that we like in them, and we just do not care. Yeah, right. Yeah, like so. So the fact that this is like, hey, serviceable fantasy action that is based on a uh, interesting but not exactly groundbreaking fantasy story yeah. uh, for, for mainstream audiences, I think is just, it's just a hard sell. Now, let me ask you this. And I want to ask everybody else this. All right. When based on American grosses, you know, uh, legendary would just put this one in a, uh, in a, in a closet and say, well, you know, we tried, uh, turns out video game movies are hard to make and uh, we couldn't do it. Yep. Uh, let's forget about it. Except for the fact, like, as we mentioned, this has done huge, huge in China. Yeah, and other international markets. It was like nineteen out of twenty top top nineteen out of twenty markets. Uh, the number one opener for all those markets. I don't know how they're sure. doing now, but yes, done although really well. I mean, all of them kind of matter fairly little except for China. Yeah, China, China just has so many people. It's China. It's Europe. It's the U.S. Those are the three markets you care about. Did good. In, it did okay in Europe. So. Do we? What do we think? What do we think about like like the the, the prospects? Are, are we excited for a a a sequel that might pander more? And I I, I mean, and uh, if not uh, with Pandarians, uh, to <laughs> uh, to the Chinese market, you know, it, it, uh, is is it something that that might even be more visually there that that might sacrifice? Uh, uh, story storytelling subtleties. Well, uh, see, that's a really good question because their next big arc would probably be, if you skip ahead, some would probably be the Arthas arc, the discovery of the Night Elves, the uh, Sylvanas. Now, does this arc. mean that all the characters that you just learned to know and love are all dead, and it's their kids that are doing stuff? Oh or? yeah, because we jump ahead. You got you got King uh, King. Well, King Terranus, King Varian Rin. Uh, Thrall is not a baby. He's a baby in this movie. He's just born in this movie that we just saw, and he is a grown ass adult horde, leader of the horde in the in World of Warcraft. Um, although someone currently holds that position, but he's still around. Uh, so yeah, there's like a it's like a forty year difference between these between those stories that I'm talking about. So Thrall's arc and the arc that involves um, 
Arthas and all of that stuff. That happens way later. Arthas isn't even a, a born here yet. But that stuff's there's no way that that's not at least on the whiteboard about what's the big next arc you talk about because it is well, the I core mean, like, story. But but th- here's another difference between video games and movies, right? Yeah. In a video game, yeah, uh, okay, you played that adventure. Wasn't it a great time? Didn't you love it? So all these guys are dead. And uh, here you go. It's uh, 50 years down the road. And now, uh-oh, you better watch out because their son's around. But, yeah, they're all dead. They've been dead for years. Uh, well, nobody, uh, Nobody's alive anymore. Here's a whole new adventure. That's In funny movies, you should say that, though, because I there's a theory going around, and I might subscribe to this theory, that Ra- uh, Dr- uh, Warlords of Draenor, which is the current expansion for the game before Legion comes out, is their way of going back in time and changing the course of history. And you get to see all of the orcs and all of the other characters that died in Warcraft 1 and 2 and in Tides of Darkness and in Warcraft 3 for that matter. It's a new timeline, basically. So Duratan, I don't want to spoil. This is a big spoiler. Well, let's just say Duratan's still alive in this new this new, uh, <laughs> yeah. this new new yeah uh, history. And there's a theory going around that they built uh, Warlords of Draenor as a way to make sure that if this movie did draw new people into the game world, that they would see these characters. They'd that boost they 100. in the, yeah. Yeah, and they'd go, oh, yeah, these guys. Okay, cool. And then they would learn more about how they were destroyed in an alternate timeline, and they could catch up and all that. But they would not be completely, you know, like, wait a minute. I thought, this is 50 years later. This sucks. I don't want to. Like, that but, all, that, there, there is a huge gap between the, the events of Warcraft 1 and the events of, you know, which came out in 1994, and Warcraft, or World of Warcraft came out in 2004. If you think about that, that's not really that long of a time. It's 10 years. That's nothing. Man. Wait, what? Where the World of Warcraft came out in yeah. 04? Yeah, no, yeah. 94 to 04 is, is 10 years. Yeah. That's nothing. It just, it just hit me how short a time that actually is from when you made your first little fledging RTS game and you made a full-blown MMO that would take over the world and make you billionaires. Yeah. That's just crazy. I had never thought about it until just now. I didn't realize it was that short a time. Whatever. Time gets time compresses as you get older, and that's my problem. Sure, yeah. It's and it's not- also a flat circle. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, uh, well, but let me let me just say this. All right. In movies, you want to spend a little time with the people that you fell in love with. Yep. Right? And I think for fans, they might be ready to say, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, we had a great time with these characters, didn't we? Now let's go and do this other stuff 50 years down the road. For regular moviegoers, that would basically be like an even more advanced version of watching episode four of Star Wars Mm -hmm. and then skipping right to episode seven. (laughs) Just like you just go right from, hey, oh, man, they're all getting medals and they blew up the Death Star. Well, anyway, yeah, some other stuff happened after that. Uh, Moving it on. And uh, now, uh oh, people are dead and divorced and uh, somebody's on a rock somewhere. Like, uh-oh, like, uh, maybe, except even it's, it's more than that, because half these people aren't alive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of reasons to worry about the future of it, and I don't know if it means that it's all pandas next time because only China cared, or if it means, uh, which, by the way, I think the Pandaria stuff's really cool. They could really go do some rad stuff in Pandaria. That wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Um, but that's jumping way ahead. Because according to the timeline, we just discovered them, basically, that they even existed in the mists of Pandaria. Um, so, But again, it's like, throw all that out. See, this all is hard. That's away. hard. That's so hard to do. Throw it. No, because the point is, 
these story beats matter. Mm. These characters matter. Mm. You can fold in and change the characters and combine them as long as they still retain enough of what we loved. What if we do this? What if instead of feeling like we have to wedge in even the characters and the stories that already exist and change them to fit a better broad-based two-hour audience, why can't we just tell fresh new stories in the world? Like, can't even Marvel start doing this more? Why does Marvel have to do it about Iron Man? Why does it have to be about Captain America? Why does it have to reference Civil War with a bunch of tweaks? Can it just be, uh, here comes Zapperhead, and he's going to fight Bing Bong, and those two are together here with the, you know, I mean. I I mean, you can say that they do. I mean, a lot of these stories are basically all but, you know, the name is Winter Soldier, but it doesn't exactly follow with uh, a, a lot of the stuff that happens in the comics. Civil War is completely different than it is uh, in in its gigantic comic run. Yeah, uh, they they do. I mean, they they. I think that's what makes them successful, and that ultimately is what I feel is is where where Warcraft I think could have sung. They could have sung saying, you know, there's here's these great characters. We're gonna take inspiration from these stories, but to tell these stories point by point by point, especially because they're not groundbreaking, then you're playing to what I believe is not Wizard's, uh, uh, Blizzard's strength. Blizzard's strength is the is the is that next level thinking mm-hmm. of like, isn't it cool that this is here and you get to control them and these other things are, are happening. Again, it, it's the Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master doesn't say the best Dungeon Master in the world has a great adventure for you to go on. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say automatically, uh, you walk through a portal, and now you're at a TCBY treats. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't just take it in some crazy direction. You just tell the coolest version of a sword and sorcery story that you can. Caller, what do you think? Hello. Uh, hi, this is Dan. Oh, hey, man. I'm from the Philippines. Oh, hi, Philippines. All oh, right. What's up? what's up, man? Yeah, international. Ring yeah. the international bell. That's ding, right. Ding, ding. What's your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm not quite sure where you're at right now, but uh, I was just thinking to something Scott mentioned uh, earlier. I think it's in the pre-show before he started the show about uh, either focusing on the mainstream or or folk, uh, catering to the fans more. Or what if uh, at least for this movie? I mean, I, I saw it as a reverse of what they did to uh, Star Trek when they soft rebooted it a few years ago. So I think in Star Trek they went for more mainstream and they, they went to, to focus their, uh, what the older fans of the show wanted. And I guess uh, what, what I'm getting at is, uh, do, do you think they should go that direction the next time uh, when they can, when they uh, if and when they can? Okay, so it's a good question. Like taking um, taking st- taking this game into how, I mean, it's kind of what you've been saying, but like Star Trek's an interesting case, right? They wanted yeah. to they wanted to bring back the the glory days of the Captain Kirk Spock era, but they could not just play to people who are now in their sixties who loved that show. Yeah, they had to play to a modern audience. They had to be young actors. They had to be swashbuckling and action oriented, and and all of that. The problem is the games are already that. Like it's not that they're having a hard time um, talking to the kids. You know what yeah. I mean? They already are doing that. The The bigger question is, does the medium even allow for them to to branch up, to go up and do more? I don't know. I mean, every example has got reasons to argue no. 
if you're well, but but if anything, the thing that sucked about the Star Trek Into Darkness was they were too reverential to Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That I was just like, oh, okay. So, number one, it was frustrating for fans that like, hey, we really love this thing. We've been hearing rumors for two and a half years that this is Wrath of Khan. Is this Wrath of Khan? No, we swear to God, it's not Wrath of Khan. <laughs> oh, Benedict Cumberbatch is not Wrath of Khan. Watch all these clips where where he's, he's definitely, there's not saying Khan, they're saying you know, Harrison Fartface or whatever his name, <laughs> his fake name was. Jonathan something or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, Harrison Fartface. Like, uh, oh, no. Uh-oh. It's really con. And, like, that means that all this iconography of, like, the hand on the glass and everything, like, it's all going to be there. And, and that was what I'm excited about the third, this new Star Trek, is that, like, you know, listen, although I, I, I share everybody's... uh you know, I think I have enterprise getting destroyed fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, just give me a story where they wind up on an alien planet and people want something different. And there's probably a race allegory in there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everybody has to be heroic and they're out of their element. And like, cool. I like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm into that. That is also some Star Trek ass Star Trek is what that is. Yeah. And that's that's a Star Trekky kind of story. Mm-hmm. Right. But yep. it's not a paint by numbers, something we've done before, something we've seen before. Because if you are holding to that, unless it is an exceptional story that has really stood the test of time, then you're ultimately going to fail. And, 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 you know, here's a great example of this. John Carter or Mars. I think we mentioned this, uh, I think it was last week or I mentioned it on another podcast. John Carter or Mars has been ripped off wholesale liberally from some of your favorite uh stories yep right yep uh anytime that uh hero winds up in strange place and has to raise an army to destroy the overlords or destroy the other that's john carter of mars yeah right it's conan it's all these other stories all right uh and then they did the movie yeah. and it was just the same story and you're like yeah bro like simpsons did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you know i hadn't really considered you know, how uh i mean that movie and they, were, and they were there first yeah like he's like you know john carter's looking over saying i started this gangster shit and this the mother effing thanks i get yep yep what's that like there's probably a music allegory here somebody does this in music i can't think of who i mean that's literally a dr dre line but like <laughs> but you know what i mean like there's got to be like uh somebody's somebody well it happens in technology all the time it's like ipods it's like we're diamond rios like what what the hell man well no i mean like if if you look at it like whenever an act comes out now yeah an old act and does an album that's like what they've done before people are like oh yeah okay sounds like a crappier version of appetite for destruction right right (laughs) yeah i don't know how you win there you can't i don't think well, it's of all, right? Why was, why were all the derivatives of John Carter of Mars a success? Yeah. Because they took it and they added that little 15%. Yeah. They added that little 20%. Because at the they end added, of the day, these are all the same damn stories anyway. Or it's like, you know, look, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is very, 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 very largely down to the fact that, like, they are all historical kind of allegories. Uh, deeply in debt to 
among other franchises, Lord of the Rings, yep. right? Yep. But what did George R. R. Martin want to do more than anything? He's like, all right, let's do this high fantasy kind of story yep. with big impossible stakes and unlikely heroes. Uh, but let's add very deadly, uh, serious, realistic palace intrigue. Yeah. Like, let's not have it, let's not have a problem be resolved by the princess sneaking in and stealing an amulet, you know? <laughs> let's let's have the problem be revealed when the princess compromises her morals to poison the exchequer. Right. 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 Like, let's let's have it be that and have her live with her decisions. Yeah. Uh, let, let's have our Prince Charming uh, be uh, a, a, an incestuous, uh, you know, legendary a-hole who begins our story by pushing a child out of a window, <laughs> hoping to kill him. Like, and then we'll redeem him. Right. Right. No, they, they took the template, the well-worn template and just tweaked the, the, the hell out of it in a way that made you forget you have the same template. Yeah. You know? Let's show our big hero. And we'll build him up and show that he has all of the heart and the, and the necessary, uh, uh, fortitude to, to truly be the, the man that Westeros deserves and then lop his fat head off. Like, <laughs> like let, I mean, that's that's what he added. He took he took the genre and pushed it forward. Yeah. And that's I think where ultimately where 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 Warcraft kind of uh, unfortunately falls is that I know Blizzard can do it, because Blizzard's done it a million different times. Sure. They've they've done that in video games. They've done with World of Warcraft is to say, look at his lore. Yep. We're going to do some rad lore, but you want to know what? We're going to add that extra little 15%. And that's what they've consistently done in any and all their games. It's why, listen, it's why they 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 uh, uh, sliced off the MMO element of what eventually became the Overwatch lore. Yeah, because yeah. they realized, hey, look, this is fun. And it's it works if it's just an evolution on Team Fortress 2. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work if we are trying to do another MMO, because it just seems like an overcomplicated version of what we've done before. Yeah, they boiled it down to the fun and kept that. And they and they got what, it's like, okay, people love Team Fortress 2. They love the mechanics of it. We can polish up the mechanics a little bit. And they love the archetypes. Mm -hmm. People, you know, there's a reason why you see people walking around with TF2 cosplay at various conventions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So let's dial up both. Let's make it a better game mechanically. And let's really dial up the fact that you can immediately just look in the eyes of any of these characters and say, oh, wow. No, the, the, this is Pixar level awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Next time, Blizzard, the answer is make your own make your own movie. Well, I mean, that's, you know, and easier said than done. You know, to, to make a movie, especially on that scale, is not cheap. And, and ultimately... Uh, make a bunch of 15 minute shorts run them on netflix i don't care how you do it but they're they I mean, are so their cinematics team are so talented it's disgusting how good they are yeah i mean uh it's hard to say looking at overwatch that they could not do a feature length overwatch movie uh and and not have it be a success because you're right those shorts are great yeah they're incredible those shorts are super fun and they get character they get tone they get pacing on a level yeah. that a lot of things don't uh, and I think that they could do well, but uh, ultimately, I, I think my guess is we certainly see an Overwatch movie closer to when it was released than we saw a Warcraft movie 
from when that game was originally released. Uh, of course, yes, that is a for sure thing. We live in a very different time now. All right, we have. Do you want to talk about Game of Thrones at all, like briefly? Yeah, let's let's do a real quick Game of Thrones uh, thing. First and foremost, everybody, if uh, you enjoy the show, then go ahead and uh, and 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 get some uh, get some stickers. We need to make a little Hotline Monday uh, sticker. Yeah, or I agree. Like a, we got to get something going. Back. Yeah, big time. Uh, but yeah, stickers or DIAF is my uh, sticker site. You can buy a sticker pack. You can go ahead right there when you click on. The, uh, the, the button on the front page, you can see what five stickers are in the current pack. Go ahead and buy them. They're only $5, uh, uh, along with whatever shipping, depending on where you are. But we do ship international, so if you are out of, uh, if you're in the Philippines, then come on out, man. Uh, get some stickers. Stickers or D-I-A-F. Nice. Um, also, I was going to say something. What was it going to be? I don't, oh, if you want to get all the E3 coverage I've been doing this week, go to uh, frogpants.com slash core. There is a ton of it. Uh, we did live viewings and commentary on every conference they had, as well as a big roundup show that we recorded today. So it's all up there and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, there's video versions on YouTube. So all the details, frogpants.com slash core. Here's this thing. Watch the throne. Watch. Here's the theme song. One song, one song only. <laughs> it's so shitty. It's just the shittiest thing. <laughs> It's Sorry, such garbage. Listen, if you are just listening via audio, then you have to understand that <laughs> I have I've been working with you long enough on the morning stream and various other stuff yeah. that I, I can I can tell by your body language where you are in terms of fatigue. <laughs> this is Scott at five percent. His battery is like he, he's already gotten his internal UI is that like, do you want to put it in power saving mode? And he's like, sure, whatever. Sure, why not? I don't, right? I don't where'd my cable go? Yeah, like I'm exactly. ha I am kind of there. This week has been horrendous, but it's uh, been a busy week. E3, especially this one, has absolutely yeah. been a bear. And there's always this fun joke of like, <laughs> I love the intro and you hate the intro. <laughs> At this point, you just need to understand that Scott, it was just as if he was watching somebody get mugged across the street. It was just this like slow head shake of like, why do we live in this neighborhood? Uh, all right. Okay. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, this was the first episode this season that I saw people kind of take a bit of a poop on. People were a little frustrated why? with this really? episode. What, were the, yeah. what was the consensus as to why? I loved it. I well, thought it was great. Because we don't get a ton of movement. You know, like we 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 got pretty much reactions. We all the stuff that happened that moved the plot forward, we would have been blown away if it didn't happen. Yeah, but right. But uh, I agree with that. But this this thing at the end, uh, Arya beating the waif and putting her face up on the wall—that's pretty epic, man. Like that's. I mean, not it's cool. I liked it. Now let me just say this: I liked it, right? But just giving voice to those who were frustrated by it. What do we think? The waif was gonna murder Arya, right? Mm. You know? Uh, no. That was that was going to happen, right? Yeah, that's true. It's like when Jon Snow died, I just went, nah, he's not dead. Yeah, or or I think there's a reason why so many people had these crazy theories that, like, Arya and the Waif were the same person or that this was really a test for the Waif and not Arya, and Arya was in on it with, with, with Jack and Agar, mm -hmm. uh, or that Serio Pharrell was really alive and he was trailing... Uh, uh, the waif the entire time. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why people had these ideas. And then we ultimately kind of get pretty much the most rote version of that story that Arya ultimately her place is not with the faceless men. It's obviously back in Westeros, which we would be upset if it wasn't. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and that this person who hates her during her training is eventually going to, it's going to come to a fatal end and she's going to beat her, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that you're right. Writing's on the wall there. Um, I'm trying to think, though, the rest of it. We got well, two. Other, we got two wieners. Thing. You got you got uh, you got the hound's wiener when he whipped it out to pee, and sure. then you got a wiener falling off the one dude onto the ground when he got his wiener hacked by the hound. By the hound, yeah. So two wieners, one episode. Which, by the way, yeah. axe murder hound, a, a fave, a fave for me. <laughs> I missed him just like just strolling, like I like that's one of my favorite, my favorite, maybe my favorite scene in in that episode is just. Those like you know uh, four a holes sitting around the fire, and just like no like frills. It's literally just an over the shoulder shot of like the hound just walking like he was since last week down the road, and just with his axe not concealed. He's not gonna do like well, hello traveler. Do you have a, can you spare some mead? Ha! It's just like no, I'm just gonna walk up and murder all of you with this axe. Yeah. One of you in a very disgusting, horrible, horrifying a, a, way. A gross way. Yeah. Uh, I, I I liked all the stuff with him. But again, we knew he was going to run into the Brothers Without Banners. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is it is interesting to know that the Brothers Without Banners were punishing bad behavior because mm -hmm. we, we thought maybe initially in that last episode that, oh, well, maybe the Brothers aren't good guys after all. Maybe they're bad guys because they just went around and ravaging and murdering, uh, you know, the innocent. Nope. They're being taken care of yeah and right then and, he, and that obviously cooled him down a little bit uh i still think that oh oh uh the, and the mountain has an on switch apparently you can have him do something other than just walk around and stare at people so yeah. that was good to see because think but about again it. it's like okay so now we know cersei really hates the high septon i mean i guess that would be the only thing that was uh that was certainly new was that like, no, now that the high Septon is in charge, he is looking for power mm -hmm. and he is looking, he is playing the game of Thrones. Yeah. He has, he has taken the high ground and he is now picking off those that might be, uh, plotting on his downfall. And so that's why he forces Tommen to outlaw trial by com combat. And, uh, and that, uh, you know, he tries to just snatch Cersei, out of uh, you know the, the the red keep already. However, Scott, huge, huge blow to the to the Clegane Bull. Oh man, you think? Trial by combat's outlawed. Yeah, but that that doesn't... was our that was our move. We knew that the mountain was going to be the dude, and also, uh, you know, he's all up. The hounds all up in the Riverlands. Yeah, but who is gonna? But he has to have a side to fight for, right? So let's say the Hound gets up there, and let's say trial by combat still exists. How are they? Those two going to be the two in the fight anyway? Like, what's the Septon? Well, gonna, the thought would be, yeah. especially when he is found by, by uh, uh, the flock of the Seven, that at some point word gets back to the high to the High Sparrow that if the Mountain, this mutated version of the Mountain, is going to be. Cersei's champion, yeah. that they have their own ace in the hole. They have his brother in in their service. Right. But then all the seven get murdered by the blood, the brothers without banners, and now it just seems like the hound is going to go back to being you know what he always was. Except this time he'll be with the brothers without banners. He's going to be a warrior, and 
and that'll be it. You know they're going to be face-to-face. It has to happen. It may not happen in this trial, but it may happen in like an alley in the freaking, you know, next to the Red Keep one night. Something's going to happen where those two show down. I'm sure of it. Has to be. How can I am they here not to do tell that? you, folks, you might have the hype dimmed in your <laughs> eyes, but I am a, I am a Clegane Bowl truther. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you how this happens. Okay. Lay it out. Now, I don't exactly know how he gets in the hands of the High Sparrow. Okay. But I do know that the Hound is right now with the Brothers Without Banners in the Riverlands. Yeah. Who else is in the Riverlands right now? Right now? Arya? No. Arya's in Bravos. Oh, right. Uh, hold but on. The other big plot in this episode was oh, oh. the House Tully. Right. Tully. The Tully's in the... Uh, right. The- Including a now suddenly free from his responsibilities since he got his he, he he got it done jamie lannister hmm. jamie lannister who's going back to king's landing mm-hmm. jamie lannister who might catch the hound off guard put him in chains bring him down but now that oh i just figured it all out now <laughs> that uh now that tommen is under the sway of the high sparrow. Yeah. If Jamie comes in and says, Hey everybody, look at me. Not only did I get that stuff done for our family, but I found the dude who abandoned Joffrey. I got the hound and now he's going to jail. Who's to say the high sparrow is going to be like, Oh, really? <laughs> well, you want to know what trial by combat's back on. And we got our dude. Like <laughs> game ball confirmed. <laughs> All right, maybe you're right. I don't know. I honestly don't know where that goes now. It's- D8UV says the Clegane Bowl is way less interesting than the Hound Without Banners. Uh-uh. Nothing is more interesting than Clegane Bowl. Yeah, I agree. That fight needs to happen. It needs to be bloody and terrible. And I mean, because that's like, you know, in 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 the in in the world of of uh, you know, professional wrestling, you always want to build up your competitors over the years so you can create your super fight. Right. And in that world, both the hound and, uh, and, and uh, the mountain have been kept very strong. There are not many fights that they get into that they do not either win or win handily uh, uh, with, with fairly minimal struggle. So you can see them both going against each other and you do not know who wins. Yeah. Also, I'd say this, uh, if there there are a few unforgivables that still need answering in this world, and one of them is the red wedding, Walder Frey needs to go in a bad way. Yeah. One of them is uh, Sansa's mistreatment by Ramsay. Yeah. And there are a few others, but one of them is definitely the burned face of the Hound. It is a yeah. chi- it is a long time crime that his brother committed against him, and he needs revenge. So I will not be happy if this show does not end with some, somewhere, some You want vengeance. the hound to go over. You want the hound to get his righteous revenge, even if he dies right after. Yep, I'm fine with that. Because uh, he's done some terrible things in his life, but in that chest beats the heart of some good. Yeah. And 
in this chaotic world, I'm rooting for him. F F mutated mountain. He was a dick before. Now he's just a mutated dick. Yeah. Although, by the way, all the scenes with the hound this week, now that he's like back to being the hound and not being a quiet lumbering man. Yeah. Uh, it was like the first 10 minutes of, of uh, uh, Last Crusade level of like just referential to stuff that happened before. Where it was just like every line is like, I've been I've been beaten by girls, you know, small, better than you or whatever. Yeah. Like in reference to Aria, yeah. uh, you know, what he's eating the stuff. It's like, I prefer chicken in reference to the like, uh, I'll, I'll eat every chicken in this, you know, effing restaurant. Uh, there's a... Uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. I loved it, but it was certainly fan service. Uh, it was a little bit. I liked that episode. People are crazy. I know it wasn't the most action packed, but I, who cares? Whatever. You don't need it every time. Just calm I think, down. I think what, what's frustrating is that normally we get those kind of episodes early in the season, and then we really, really start going fast later in the season. Yeah. We are now down to the penultimate uh, and uh, final episode, which is a reminder, because I, I heard this the other day. A reminder, a little, little public service announcement to everybody. Mm. Penultimate means second to last second to last does not mean better than ultimate you're correctly you're you are absolutely correct about that also uh, don't forget this he said you're shit at dying before uh, pulling that guy's wiener out or whatever that's a fair point yes yeah. uh, uh anyway so let's uh yeah i mean i think people were just frustrated that like this wasn't a super rollicking crazy thing uh but you know i, I think we're we're there- probably going to get one of those episodes that just stays in one place. I think oh, we're yeah. due for that next ep- next week with the, the the battle of the bastards with and, it with and, it. And that's a big one. This is the big hour and a half one or whatever it is or forty or f- they're more both than- longer. They're okay. both longer than they normally are. Yeah. All right. So these are the final two though. Is the yes. is the point? Listen of this if, season. If you can go through an entire season of Game of Thrones and only find one episode you thought was a little slow, quit complaining, yeah. everybody. Quit complaining. I think there was also, I think what frustrated people is they literally have this like cabin fever scene, which is like the second or third cabin fever scene with uh, Misandry, Tyrion, and Grey Worm. Oh, right. Yeah. Where it's like, it's literally just them saying, I don't know. What, do you have Yahtzee? You want to play Yahtzee? Like, <laughs> we're all just hanging out. Yeah. I like that Daenerys showed up, but then they just cut that all short. So I don't know what the Well, because going that's, on. I mean, again, it's like, it's not like. I think it's a lot of stuff that people would have been excited if it happened in the middle of the episode. And then we saw a little, cause I think like what people really want is like, Oh crap. Is, is Daenerys, is Tyrion just going to die? Mm. Like cause Tyrion made this call to offer, you know, seven years of peace to the masters. And then they turned right back around and, and got at him. So it like, is Daenerys just going to kill Tyrion because he, he failed in his role as an advisor. He might, uh, she's going to be pissed. And also, can she teach that dragon to sit and wait? Does it have to fly off every time you're done with it? Can no, it I think that that dragon's flying off. To, like, I think that by the next time that we see, we go back to Marine, we just see a bunch of, uh, <laughs> you know, charcoal in the bay. Because, <laughs> like, all them ships are just going to get lit up. Oh, like, I forgot about over. those ships. Yeah. That's where he's headed. Oh. All right, now I'm I mean, the excited. question is... She's got two more dragons. Yeah. They're in the basement, though. Who rides the other two dragons? Well, they trust Tyrion. No, no, no. Tyrion let him out. Yeah, and they trust him. Remember, they... they, uh, They did. Oh, that's right. They're out, out. They're not in the building. Oh, Mullet Mullet points uh, that they won't burn the boats. She needs them. Well, yeah. You know? Uh, Does she? 
Does she? Though? There are there are Greyjoy. There's two fleets of Greyjoy on the way to them. Yep. Um. Hmm. Well, I know so, that I know that Tyrion. Oh, I guarantee Tyrion's on a dragon because he by unlocking them they've showed him that trust face or whatever they did in there. Like, okay, you let us out, way to go, dude. I'll see you later, kind of thing. And they didn't kill him or eat him. Yeah. So I think he's one of them, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you Jorah Mormont gets on one before this is over. I don't know why. You, I think. you think we get a? I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he's just gone until next season. Maybe it's varies because they're like, you don't have a wiener. It won't hurt if you sit on this rumply old back of a, of a dragon. <laughs> you want me to sit on a dragon? <laughs> Well, I would say that dragons will not hurt my wiener because I don't have one. It's not there. It was cut off. It was cut off my by a mummer. My spiders tell me. Yes, I've kept him in my chaise lounge for the past seven years. I love that guy. Feeding him only bits of Slim Jim and uh, Kool-Aid. All right. I think that will be the best point to end this uh, here episode. A little long today, but we enjoyed it. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, as we've talked about these things in the only way we know how, which is rapidly and with your help. Thank you for calling in, everybody. Thank you for being a part of the show. Hotline Monday on Twitter. Also, Justin R. Young and Scott Johnson on Twitter. Hotline Monday at gmail.com is our email address. And finally, if you'd like to hang on to that phone number and use it liberally when we do live shows on typically Monday nights, it's 801-895-4724. Keep it handy. Keep it in your phone. Have it on speed dial. I think it's going to do it for us. Justin, any final words? Uh, I love you guys. That's right. Warcraft. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> well, I hope they have too. <laughs>